Hello, uh, welcome back to the SCP uh, podcast with with Dave and and, and Soren. Um, it's I, I I feel like we the last time we recorded was like two or three weeks ago. Yeah, it's been a bit. Um, we're still <laughs> ahead by a week, I think. Because you forgot to upload the episode. <laughs> I did. Well, no, I uploaded it in time. I just forgot to upload it until like the Sunday before. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we're yeah, fine now. We are, yeah. I I mentioned that because if this sounds like awkward, it's just it's been a minute since we've done this. Um, uh, today we are going to be doing the tales of Mister Collector. Uh, we've been talking about doing some of the the misters, the little misters, for a while now. Yeah. Um, we're we not reading the. Some, we did some before, so I don't think we're not going to do the SCP articles. I don't think I'm going to. Uh, we might do SCP Red if we have time, but that I think we've done that already. So yeah, plus it's it's a longer one too. Yeah, so, so if we are going to do that, that'll be less. Yeah, and then uh, just bonus like homework supplementary content. SCP Red and Miss Air are good, and I don't know if we'll get to either of them. So who knows? Yeah, and that's something that we might you know maybe do in like another episode. But if not, they are there. They're basically uh, They're just like some Wondertainment supplementary material. Yep, and some Scarlet uh, King, which I still don't know how it works. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's there, but we don't understand it. Um, so again, like I said, this is on the tales of Mister Collector Hub. Um, it's got uh, there are sixteen misters that they have. There are two intervals, an end, and an epilogue. Um, so we're just gonna start at the beginning and and go through um, them. Interestingly enough, on on the main home page, there's a picture of uh, a a guy that's bald and gray, and it says even Mister Moon can't hold back this level of excitement. Yeah, half his face is because of the moon. <laughs> Okay, uh, so the, the first one that we're starting with is Mr. Headless. Uh, I'll, I'll just uh, start reading this one, and then you and I can um, probably alternate mm-hmm. between the... Yeah, and this is going to be a chiller episode. Not even sure how long this is going to last, because there's a bunch of them, but they're kind of short. Yep. But we're not so going to we'll be just... doing another six-part episode for at least today. <laughs> and that's the only promise I'm making. Hopefully, yeah. All right, yeah, so Mr. Headless, starting with that one. Oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. My name's Jeremy Adams, and I'm 22, and I'm being chased by a monster. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how this is possible, or what I'm supposed to do. The thing won't stop. I've been running for, oh god, only 15 minutes. Feels like longer. I'm exhausted, and it won't stop. I didn't do anything wrong. I just saw this guy on the subway. It's night, we were the only people in the car. He looked odd, a bit gray and glassy-eyed, which was odd, because from his hands, I'd have guessed he was black or Indian or something. He, we got off at the same stop, and I guess I wasn't looking where I was going, because I bumped into him, and his head fell off. I mean, that doesn't happen. And then he got up and chased after me. That, that can't happen. How is it even following me anyhow? It's not like it has eyes. Another door locked. No. Can't have, can't someone have just left their door unlocked tonight? Please. I just need to get away from this thing. And there it is. How did it get behind me? Shit, shit, trash can. I grab one and swing it straight into the thing's chest and it stumbles backwards and collapses. And I'm off running before it can get back up. Thank you, adrenaline. How can this alley be a dead end? It can't be. I need to escape. It's not fair. Walls, walls, damn it. Too high and too slick, and it's found me. Anything around? No. I can't fight, but I try to punch it, and it's strong. And this doesn't make any sense. And that is a blade, and... Much, much better. Could hardly even hear with that old one by the end. But this one's good. Young, healthy, should last me for weeks. Colorblind, but you can't have everything. And, let's see, reasonably uh, bright, too. I just hope I didn't get too far off track getting this one. Mr. Red, I'm coming for you. I can't wait to find out what wonderful thoughts I can think with that head of yours. Okay, that's he got interesting. His head stolen. <laughs> he did. 
It's fucked up. Next one is uh, Mr. Clank. Yep, Mr. Clank. Oh, long, long, bigger. Oh, I see. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Mr. Clank woke suddenly, as he always did, and looked around, blinking. The sun was still somewhat bright through the wisp of storm clouds, the great city glittering in the distance, as bright and fresh as new silver. Mr. Clank stretched, feeling the smooth roll of clockworks along his spine. It had been a hard choice, but even a flickering life was still a life. The key turned slowly, tapping out like a second heartbeat, a cool reminder that he was indeed alive. He started walking, smiling as the gears kept perfect time, the fields and small trees passing by in an easy rhythm. Even if it had taken some questionable steps, at least he was still able to continue his journey. The city was still far off hours later, but Mr. Clank wasn't worried. He was making good time and was still able to take in the scenery. The high mountains, the glittering lake, it was all bathed in a freshness as if seen with new eyes, which, in a way, might not be far off. Mr. Clank smiled, walking to a tall, wide tree, leaning against the bark and watching the leaves drift and flutter. Poor Mr. Red, he'd never get to see any of this. Maybe Mr. Clank could tell him about it, give him a small sample of these wonders. The clicking slowed, easing down as the key stilled. So tired now. Just a small rest before the road. Mr. Clank woke suddenly, as he always did, looking around at the start. A hazy nicotine yellow sun burned down through sooty clouds, bathing everything in a hazy twilight. The city loomed up across a sprawl of squat, dark homes, a few small gardens, and th thin trees standing out in the haze. Mr. Clank stretched, feeling a harsh click as the gears in his shoulders and arms engaged, his spine shuddering hard once before smoothing out, the key clicking time like a metronome at a military march. He started walking, slowly, feeling his steps and watching the homes, wondering why he'd chosen this way, this path, this idea. The thick cogs jutting from his back caught a cool breeze between the homes, chilling him deeply. The crumbling outskirts of the city were around him hours later. Moldering heaps of rusted metal made Mr. Clank shiver involuntarily, wondering where the sun was now. Time seemed to be passing like the coppery dust on the streets. Everything seemed to carry a kind of crumbling frailness, a timeless age. The silvery shards were streaked with rust and soot, the sound of a sick dog barking, breaking the stillness for only a second. Mr. Clank sighed, feeling a shudder in his chest, leaning a hand against a crumbling doorway. Mr. Red had said something, but he couldn't remember. Mr. Clank worried, his memory feeling a little fuzzy now. There had been a tree, a silver something. He was so tired, his clockwork shivering and seizing with a jolt. Exhausted, he slid down to rest, eyes flickering over the road. Mr. Clank woke suddenly, as he always did, a squealing gasp rising from his lips as his eyes ratcheted open. The endless walls and towers of the city looked like the walls of an oubliette, a few damaged and sputtering gas lamps the only light along the grimy, uneven street. Mr. Clank stretched, moaning as the flywheels and screws refused to catch, missing their sockets several times before clicking in, his twitching, sputtering arms ratcheting down, chest piston wheezing out of sync with the pitted key. He turned his head, slowly, shivering his timing gears missed, confused about where he had gone, why he had gone there. The thin, gray flesh of his e face and legs looked icy, but the squealing of his joints took its mind from it. He hardly noticed the thin, black fluid his feet, his feet were leaking as he started his jittering march. Hours later, he might have been standing still. Mr. Clank felt claustrophobic, the endless walls seeming to shrink after every turn. Mr. Clank ran in a shuddering lurch, unaware of the time, sure he was late. For what, he wasn't sure, the thread of thought scattering as he saw some point at him. Its face a black, fuzzy pit. Mr. Clank was lost, its clockworks squealing and sticking deep in his brain, an oily bile leaking from his mouth unnoticed as he panted. Mr. Red was there. Mr. Red had been there? Mr. Red was coming. He whimpered in time to the slipping key, refusing to look behind at the squealing sound far behind him. Mr. Clank tripped and fell, skidding into a heap of oozing garbage lying there, too exhausted to move, his clockworks locked tight, bringing a soundless scream, then let go, only to lock again moments later. Mr. Clank whimpered, for help or release he wasn't sure, feeling a dimness seep up from the cracked road. Mr. Clank woke suddenly, as he always did, crying ashy tears as his eyes slowly clicked open. 
The twilight was real, the bloated, boiling sun framed around trash fires and boiling oil, burning oil on the open plain. Mr. Clank screamed thinly, trying to cry as, he, as his rushed, gutted, pit, rushed, pitted frame ratcheted up in a squeal of frozen bolts and rusty haze. Trying to grit his teeth against the agony, he found his lower jaw was gone, his exposed teeth dry and brittle in the thick air. The city walls were an unbroken wall behind him, his path from there forgotten, his way forward a stumbling slow-motion sample along slag, burning oil pipes, and shifting trash. Forward. His legs dug in on worn spines, stealing points, fogging rust. Forward. Hours later, Mr. Clank lay, twitching and clicking, at the edge of the pit. Night had fallen like a slimy sheet, smothering vision, thought and breath in an oily tarp. Time was passing over him like ants, Mr. Clank lying like a dead thing, moaning in a raspy squeal as he watched the searing sun. Mr. Red was waiting. Needing? Missing? Wishing? Listening? The words were shards, jabbing and freezing his stripped and sputtered gears. Sparks hissed and arched, a belt stretching and going slack, the memory of breath coming in torturous moaning gasps. The pit. Mr. Clank twitched and flexed, trying to get in, but his eyes glazed, frozen as a blank stare, watching the slow undulation as the road. Mr. Clank woke suddenly, as he always did, lidless eyes fixed on the pulsing walls. The blackness was total, and yet he saw. His body hissed and squealed, a paralyzed mess, brassy orbs mocking sight from the massive screws. The rust was gnawing cancer, rats in his skin, maggots in his nerves, an endless itching with no arms to scratch. The paths before and behind were obscured, frozen eyes fixed on the leaking, sore-riddled flesh of the ceiling. He hated the softness under him, hated the easy, sick fluid dripping and seeping, hated the flexibility, hated with a mass that had moved beyond feeling. Hours later, he dropped like a numb, dead stone, landing on a hip heap of hissing, sputtering hulks. The darkness defied even his endless eyes, the vague humps of rusty, crumbling metal rolling in a sea of black pus. Mr. Red. Mr. Red. Red. The squealing notes rose in a croaking monotone. He had taken, given. It did not happen. There had been silver. There had been gold. There is rust. Mr. Clank raged, strained, snapping and shattering as he flexed out, clawing a helpless rage into the fleshy floor, digging for the bottom, for the escape, for the end, for the road. Mr. Clank woke suddenly, as he always did, and refused to open his eyes. This guy's not having a good time. Yeah, no, he's not in a good state. <laughs> Just place, in general. Yeah. Uh, next one is, uh, is Mr. Money. Hi there, my name is Mr. Money. Don't worry, I just need somebody to talk to. Seeing as it's just you and me on this bus, it might as well be you. I talked to the driver, but there's a sign right there saying not to. See? Do not disturb the driver. I wouldn't do that, seeing as how the bus might crash and that I'd have to walk all that way. You ever walk in rain like this? Let me tell you, it's freezing. So I'm just going to sit here and talk to you. You. Oh, come on, don't move. I'm just being friendly. Here, take this. See, we're pals now, right? Yes, it's a diamond. Yes, it's real. You see, pal, I know how friendship works. You hear me? What's your name, anyways? Oh, well, hello, Dave. Hi. <laughs> it's nice to meet a smart fellow like yourself. I usually hang around with this group. Ugh, you would not believe. They didn't, they didn't understand how friendship works. No, they did not. Not like you, Dave. I gave them dollars and dimes and fucking diamonds, and all they did is call me a snob. Me? Can you believe that, Dave? Have another diamond. You're a good friend, and you look like you could use it. Seriously, though, me? A snob? It's not easy to get all the cash, believe me. Peeking out the bills is fine. They come out easy. Even coins are no big deal. But with diamonds, it's not so easy. You can choke on diamonds. I have a few times, let me tell you. Good thing Miss Sweetie was there, though. I would have been a goner. She was always very kind, Miss Sweetie. Even if she just pitied me. Just fucking pitied me. Stop fucking moving, Dave. No, don't go. Have another diamond, please. I'm sorry for shouting. I didn't mean to. Must have gotten that from Red. Always shouting. Give me a headache. I don't mind saying. What's that? Uh, well, Dave, that is a very good question, and I don't fucking know why I can puke money, so shut the fuck up. 
Sorry. Diamond. Sorry. I'll tell you what I do know, because friends share a secret. We're friends, right, Dave? I have to know what kind of money I want to puke. I couldn't spit out some yen or something for you right now, because I've never been to Asia, and I don't really know what yen looks like. You ever been to Asia? Suppose not. Flights are kind of expensive. So, enough about me. Where are you headed? Me? I'm headed for... Well, I don't really know. But I'm getting there before those little shits, I know that. They, did, they said it wasn't a race, but let me tell you, Dave, it's always a race. Have a diamond. <laughs> he seems like a nice fellow. Diamonds. Alright, next one is Mr. Y. Mm. Give me a moment. <laughs> Alright. This is where editing Soren can come no, in. No, we're not. It's or not. important to chew your food. This is a PSA. Oh. <laughs> Dude, you gotta like... You gotta manage this before, like, you, I, you I gotta know, be reading along with me to some degree. This is my lunch break, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but also, like, yeah. Okay. if you see that I'm on the last paragraph, then don't take another bite. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I hate jail. You know how many times I've been in jail since I started on this journey? Twelve. Of course, I always get out eventually when there's no evidence, but hot damn does it suck. Seriously, even without the fear instilled in dropping the soap, their rations are harsh and the guards always beat me. They always said I looked at them funny. Today I was walking down the street and I was stopped by two cops. It took me away to a lineup where the witness had to choose the suspect. The subject was described as a six foot two Asian male. I'm a five foot four Caucasian. Of course, being the suspicious character I am, I was chosen. I don't even know how to turn the safety off on a gun, let alone shoot somebody. Even back in the day, all the misters mistrusted me. Once I was taken to the uh, peeler to the kitchen and Mr. Onion ran away and cried in the corner. Tried to assuage his fears, but instead he beat me up something fierce. Said I was baiting him. All I did was ask him if he was okay. Red was the only one who trusted me. Lie, I like your chops, he said to me one time. Hopefully one day I'll see Red again. I hear he might be where we're going. Of course, I didn't get to learn much more, because once they had the chance, everyone ran as fast as they could away from me. The child did that once when he saw me in the street. I waved at him, and he took it as a gesture from a hidden group of snipers. Needless to say, the next minute I was tackled by his father, who thought me a child molester. Nobody's letting kids these days watch as it gives them these ideas. I remember watching this movie in a Best Buy once where the guy was shooting at snipers. Of course, once the store clerks told me, they called the police. One even decided it was time to take me down himself with his black belt in Taekwondo. Went down with a stack of bricks. Jesus Christ, my feet hurt. I ought to see if a homeless shelter will take me for the night. Though the last time I tried, they thought I was a drug dealer. Even patting me down a couple times. One of them even did a cavity check. Maybe I'll just sleep outside tonight. Hey. Just an untrustworthy done. fellow. I suppose so, yeah. He's also having a rough time. The next one is Mr. Mad. That goddamn bastard stripes. I just heard the news. He killed two of the others. At least it's not a discontinuation. But still. Dr. Wondertainment did it, of course. Stripes never thought a fucking thing that Wondertainment didn't think first. Or someone at Wondertainment. Fuck if I know. Is there an actual, singular Dr. Wondertainment? They don't fucking tell us nothing. Those stripes always did seem to know more than he should. Him and Red. Goddamn son of a bitch, Mr. Red. Things were going so well until we reached the end of the world. That's when the plan fell apart. We had a plan. We had a plan. If the others had just motherfucking stuck to the plan, we'd all be sitting pretty, but no, they just couldn't. Bastards. Goddamn bastards. Goddamn. Sir, uh, sorry, where, where was I? Ugh, fucking Wondertainment shtick. The last parting insult. When I get too angry, I pass out for a little while. Needless to say, this happens a lot. That pisses me off, too. Sometimes it's set off a repeating cycle. Get mad, pass out. Get mad, pass out. Christ. Mr. Mad, they call me. <laughs> Very funny. Stamped and sewn together like the others. Were some of us people? Real people before this? I don't know. 
Was I? I really fucking don't know. Maybe this is all some sick joke by Wondertainment. Putting us through these paces. Letting some of us get thrown at... What are they called? The Foundation? Bunch of fucking assholes there, too. They killed Mr. Onion. Did you know that? For no fucking good reason. Peeled apart his layers and set them on fire. The Foundation never finds me. Well, let's just say they'll find out when you really don't want to make me angry. That was a joke. Get it? Mr. Laugh would be proud. Especially proud if Mr. Red hadn't... Ugh. Pisses me off just thinking about it. That goddamn piece of shit. Motherfucking... Well, I lost it there again, didn't I? Mr. Mad, indeed. Uh, maybe Light was right. Maybe that's why Entertainment did what he, she, they, did. You're so obvious, Mr. Light had said. You're this guy who gets angry. Superhumanly angry. You can't even affect other people. Well, they underestimate Mr. Mad. Do you ever hear about ordinary people lifting cars when their adrenaline is high enough? Well, I can do that. I can do that whenever I want. Does it piss me off that I didn't get something more interesting as little Mr. Shtick? Of course it fucking pisses me off. How do you think I feel about... Okay, I just need to stay calm. Just long enough to do what I need to do. I'm not going to wait around for them to get their act together. I'm going to find Red myself. I'm going to find him and I'm going to do for him what he did for the others. The others are afraid. Chicken shit little bastards, I say. I'm a little afraid of him too, I'll admit that much. But they never stopped me from goddamn anything, and I sure as fuck is not going to start now. After what he did, not just the Miss Sweetie thing, but the rest. But I'll, I'll get him. Oh yes. That goddamn son of a bitch will never know what hit him. So next Mr. is the... Explode D. Interval, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next is Interval 1. I'm trying to decide if I want to do a voice for this. Yeah, dude. Why not? Hmm. Hello, little children. I shouted as oh, glee as I moved around them. Fuck what a lovely couple of children you are. What's your name? They giggled. A boy looked at me. I'm Tommy. I'm six and a half years old and I'm not afraid of anything. Well, Tommy, you sound like a big boy. I let out a goofy laugh. The children giggled again. Do you know any magic tricks, Tommy? Well, Tommy made a strange face and put his thumb's knuckle against the other, with his index finger covering the connection. He slowly... Oh, wait. The thumb... Thing. He did the thumb thing, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to figure it out. I was like, what's that? Um, he slowly moved his thumb forward. All the children oohed and odd. Wow, I can't remove thumbs, but I can show you enough. I was interrupted by a scream, and suddenly Tommy was picked up. All the other children became scared. What are you doing, Thomas? You get away from that thing right now. All you other children, scoot. A terrifying woman came onto the scene and scooped Tommy up. All the other children fled. Tommy began to cry as the women carried him away. But, but, but I was just talking with Mr. Sillybug. Who? I hate I hate that voice. <laughs> it's awful. It, I mean, it's good. I just like it, uh, when you were like talking about making a voice. I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll probably do something goofy, and I didn't think you were gonna actually be goofy. Yeah. Hey, I looked up Mr. Sillybug. Uh, bad. Oh, really? How so? Okay, let me just glance real quick. Mr. Sillybug. Uh. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's it's a thing where basically dogs and children under seven see him as like a really happy kind of guy. Also, I, we discovered a new site layout. Yes. Oh, that's this interesting. is not the. This is a rehost. Regardless, URL, though, that's completely different. Okay, so silly bug is like on, to, to kids, he's like all cute and shit, and then to everyone else, he's just not. Okay, so that is just the same. Thing. That's just a rehosting website we found. Weird. Interesting. Alright, well, uh, next one is Mr. Stripes, so I'm going to start on that one. I have very long legs. Very long. Long enough to stretch over a canyon when I want them to. When I need them to. And long fingers as well. The fingers of a pianist or a strangler. 
long and slender, made for choking. Not a pianist. I laughed, surprising myself. There is so little cause for laughing these days, especially since Miss Sweetie went to the trash can. I used to like Miss Sweetie. She was kind to me. So few of the others were kind to me. Called me an afterthought. But she was kind to everyone. But not anymore. My legs stretched, climbing up the forested foothills, long fingers wrapping around trees and pulling me along. I rather distantly note how the branches died where I squeezed them, but I was used to that. It was what I did after all. Kill. Remove. Destroy. I correct the errors made by my creator. All of them. I've been marking them off as I go. I've nearly finished. All 19. I stretch and warp, knowing I'm going somewhere, but not where. Well, no, I, I know where. To them. To all of them. One at a time. But they're moving together now, drawing close to each other. So close. I wonder if Mr. Red will be there. We two have a score to settle. And I did have very, very long fingers. Fingers made for choking, I remind myself. Long fingers. Very, very long. Very ready. Ready to choke. Ready to squeeze the life out of anyone. Anything. To fix things. To fix everything that was broken. Mr. Red and I did have a score to settle after all. Mr. <laughs> yeah, this one's blacked out. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, I think I am the one you've come to see. I've been expecting you, to be honest. Oh, please. Don't sit there. I'll come along quietly, but you must... Well, anyway, don't make any fuss. If you have to sit there, I don't deal well with stress. Yes, I do have a tattoo, and yes, I do mind showing it to you. It's somewhere rather private. I'd be terribly embarrassed to have to show it here, and public and embarrassment makes me... Let's just forget about it for now. You can see it later. To be honest, it's rather a, a relief. I've been wandering around for a week now, wondering just who would find me. We hear stories, you know, of you, the GOC, what's that club? Marshalls something? Anyway, I don't think those groups would do me any good. Where will we be going, anyway? I understand if you don't want to tell me in particulars, but I would like some idea. I don't like surprises. I can't enjoy them at all anymore. Excuse me, but could you put out that cigarette? No, I don't have asthma, but I really feel it would be best if... Well, it's your health. I do wish you'd be more careful with it, though. Ah, yes. Not entirely sure how I left the facility. Woke up in an alley. May have been deliberate release or kidnapping. Or it might have been... Well, if they were transporting me and weren't careful, these things happen, you know. Mr. Red won't be there, will he? I don't think I'd enjoy meeting Mr. Red if he's there. Wouldn't do anyone good, I dare say. Do you have some water? Only, I find myself someone thirsty and... Well, I'm sorry, I'm feeling a little warm. Perhaps it would be good if you sit back. I don't think you should be sitting right there. Your cigarette isn't helping matters. Look, I'm trying to be difficult, but... Oh, dear. I did it again, and he was such a nice young man. Oh, hello. Were you a friend of his? Ah. Yes, I see. Well, I tried to warn him. My name? Mr. Combustible. Pleased to meet you. Pardon if I don't shake your hand. <laughs> Fire. Fuck. Good lord. <laughs> gone. Oh, that's the, that's why he was talking about the cigarette. That's funny. The next one is, uh, next one's Mr. Moon. I am Mr. Moon. You may think me the most unfortunate of this production cycle, but you'd be wrong. I'm well taken care of by the Foundation, who look after my needs when I am faced, and see to it that I'm left alone when my true sight returns, as it has now. My eyes are now in the creators, keener than any man's. I peer down to where my face drifts over. I will find Mr. Red, for where can he hide from the moon? There I see a man running through alleyways from thugs with knives. He is not Mr. Red. My attention turns elsewhere. I see a parade, and the one who leads it looks to be a sister of mine. But Miss Charm is not Mr. Red. There is a man leaping from a building. Though I wish it were otherwise, he is not Mr. Red. There is a businessman. He is not Mr. Red. There is a baby. It is not Mr. Red. There is an elephant. It is not Mr. Red. There is a man. There is a man. There is a woman. There is a bench. There is a woman. There is a man. 
There is, there is, there is, there is, there is, there is. I do not see Mr. Red. My time is up soon. Already an eye has migrated back to my face of flesh. I leave it closed, but my sight is still diminished. I can search no more for now. No matter. The moon will remain. I am I am patient. <laughs> That's fucking moon weird. Man. Moon yeah, boy. He's the guy that, with the faces of the moon, his facial features disappear. <laughs> so, like, that's what he's talking about when he's when it's a full moon. He's yeah. He has no face and he has the true sight or whatever. Mister mm-hmm. Clum, dear diary, my name is Mister Clumsy and I have died forty-seven times today. <laughs> I think the first first time was when I was walking down the trail. Just went over to a cactus thinking I could get some water. So I took out my penknife and tried to cut a tiny gap in it. What happened instead was I stumbled, ended up with a knife in my heart, and fell backwards onto the cactus. Yep, that's my thing. I die horribly and then come back to do it again. For some goddamn reason. No matter what I do, it'll more than likely than not kill me. At least if I sit in this cave and don't touch anything, I'll be reason Sorry, heart attack. Guess that showed me. God knows I'm going how I'm going to walk all the way to the place. Can't exactly take a car, can I? Last time I tried that, it exploded. Third degree burns and everything. Laughs a bit before dying, hurt like hell. All the others have fun gimmicks. At least not ones that don't kill you, but no, not me- Got the pencil in my eye. Took me a few deaths to get that out. I heal my wounds, but I always have trouble with things getting stuck. Mr. Red used to make a game of it. He'd impale me on a pipe or something and watch me die again and again. Not my idea of fun, but what are you going to do? It's nothing personal. After a while, you just get used to die. Fell over and hit my head on a brick. Sure, that brick was not there when I found this cave. See, that's another thing. Sometimes I'll go near a cat and start choking or something. I'm not allergic to cats. I know, I checked with the doctor. Died three times, but I managed to get there. I know if I fall asleep, my bear, a bear will eat my head or something. But I can't just walk. This is a desert and it's night. I'll freeze to death again and again. <laughs> I, th- I think it's really funny because all of these... All of these people have, like, are such inconveniencing quirks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, this being Mr. Clumsy, where he just, like... Nice. Dude, like, who the, who the fuck just, would create that? Mr. Slapstick, more like. Yeah. It's just, it's like... Just- yeah, just like damn, like, somebody uh, really, some yeah, somebody really made this dude just to like suffer. <laughs> I know that. Okay, so we talk about so that like there's Isabel, which is I think the one that a lot of people consider the current Doctor Wondertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, and because there's Miss Air or whatever, and I think that it's like basically any of the modern stuff like interactions is her. But I think the Misters were kind of written to be from the fir- the other the older Wondertainment who had mm-hmm. a kind of like. Sadistic, sort of. They create things that are fun for the viewer, and that's it. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's fair. Because I, I think even potentially the second set of Little Misters might be, like, less bad for them to live. Still mm-hmm. not good, but, like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's a good way of looking at it. I, I do it's, feel... But it's I more do, for I the f- entertainment of others than the existence of themselves. Yeah, I do think that, like, the two Wondertainments are interpreted differently, and if not, then I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> All right. So the next one is next one is Mr. Mission. The time midnight. The place one or one of the more shadier of the establishments the city had to offer. The person myself, of course. For the better part of an hour, I sat there taking the occasional drink of the sea fizz that I purchased. What seemed like an eternity ago. What seemed like an eternity sitting in the dark lit room as a nightclub's deep bass throbbed in time with the collective hearts of the lower class citizens to grace their wor- the world with their presence. I glanced at the barmaid. No luck, sweet cheeks. No, sir, Mr. Mission. I shook my head, leaning forward on the bar stool. 
The shadowy forms of the club's denizens shifted and warped around me as the red dial above the bar clicked onwards. Nothing. I waited for the contact, and waited some more. They'd seemingly gotten cold feet at the last second. Cold feet, or concrete shoes, as the saying goes around here. The mark I had been tracking was a real bastard in this case. It was infamous for taking out my contacts before I had a chance to locate them. Time passed, and I shook my head. Another one, gone. Another doomed soul in this poor world of ours. One of a slowly diminishing number. But I was strong. Had to be. Soon, I told myself. Soon I'd get to where I was going, find what I was looking for, and save another from the bleak fate we'd been consigned to. The rhythmic pounding of my city feet on city streets. No stranger to the sound as I traveled through the crowded city, moving my way through the massive crowds that filled the walks and streets like so much blood through veins. Making my way through dim streets under high walls, I lowered the fedora to cover my eyes. The chance of being recognized in such a crowd was low, but I was not one to take risks. No, taking risks would find those long fingers around my neck. The nightclub had ended fruitlessly. No contact to greet me and help me along my way, but I knew other ways to find the path towards a, that ultimate destination. I was making progress, even if it was slow, and I had to keep my eyes forward. The next clue was just down the street, a little French pastry store that was the fail-safe the nightclub failed. The contact worked there, and if I didn't find him, if I didn't find him, I would find where he used to be. God damn it. The afternoon sun baking the street side cafes and marketplaces, with the throngs moving aimlessly about their lives, directionless and lost. But I, I knew the way. The way towards the destination wasn't clear, much less straightforward, but it was there. You just had to find it. You just had to know the way. Me? I knew the way. Or a way, at least. I was dedicated. I was prepared. I was on my mission. I leaned back in my chair, the plane finally breaking over the cloud cover into the bright light of the sun. First class, with plenty of legroom and plenty of room for thought. The other occupants were mostly rich businessmen who had too much money to be caught fraternizing with the lower class. None of them gave me a second glance, and I was perfectly fine with it that way. Assholes with their noses in the air and silver spoons in their pockets. A lot of them. The nightclub had fallen through, but I had picked up the trail again, finding which rat hole my contacts killer had slinked under. And I was on the beat again, inching towards the murderous bastard. On my way, another step closer towards salvation, towards my ultimate and, light, and likely final, which is crossed out, case. Closer and closer I got, one step closer and one step deeper. Flipping through the magazine, some trivial about the economy that I grabbed in the airport, my thoughts wandered. Almost thoughtlessly, I grabbed the, the pocket watch and flipped it open, the ancient hands clicking around in an endless chase around the dial, almost as endless and pointless as mine seemed to be. Foreboding, to be sure, but not so much as the picture across from it. The only woman I ever fell in love with, Miss Sweetie. Shutting the watch and clenching the old watch in a fist as the bittersweet memories flowed along with the anger, sorrow, joy, and regret that inevitably came with them as I once again reavowed to complete this journey. Red. Red. Even thinking the name made my pulse rise and teeth gnash in anger. Red, the one person who was more of a bastard than my mark. I shook my head, setting the watch back in the pinstriped suit's breast pocket. I was on my way, after the mess in the city. Well, on my way towards the goal. Soon I would get to my goal, and it would be over. One way or another, I could finally lay Miss Sweetie's memory to rest. One way or another, we would finally finish this long, pointless journey around our hopeless dial. One way or another, someone was going to pay. So next yeah. one is, is Interval 2. Yeah, sorry, it's not loading. There, oh, <laughs> tiny. Mr. Appleseed. Seriously, that's my name. I wouldn't you know it. Whenever I sneeze, cough, or fart, how to come Appleseeds. It sucks. This is, of course, only exacerbated by the fact that I was just picked up by the Foundation, and now I feel quite the sneeze coming on. Hold on, wait, they're not taking me captive. They're not, they're taking off my handcuffs. What's that they're saying? Ah, welcome back, Dr. King. I don't know Next one is 
Uh, yeah, I don't um, understand. Uh, there might be a character from some tales, like, uh, not Scarlet Doctor King. I it's fine. Doctor I'm just Scarlet King. King. SCP. SCP. <laughs> yeah. Doctor the next King one is the uh, beloved seeds. Uh, this is a forum. Four articles. So it's just there's Doctor King, who is a guy that gets tormented by apple seeds. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it's an in joke that came from testing logs. Whenever Doctor King attempted to run a test with an SCP. The result would always involve apple seeds. They see the apple seeds and they go, oh, we know this guy. <laughs> That's got a funny. That is yeah. funny. All right, so the next one is uh, is Mr. Feather. Mr. Feather drifts off a, a clip top and the flutter is down 400 feet, passing clumps of hairy grass and rock dove nests, and hits the ground at the bottom with a thump. He groans and pulls himself up to his elbows, only to meet the eyes of a short, round-faced girl with black hair standing in the ravine. She blinks mutely. He stands up, brushes off the elbows of his suit, pulls down the powder blue lapels, and straightens the feather from his hat. The man is too skinny. Too skinny. And he looks like a cornstalk. But, eminently polite, he leaves his hat off and bows to the girl all the same. She blinks at him, and Mr. Feather immediately knows what she thinks. She's six or seven, just where things that can't happen have just come apart from things that can happen. And Mr. Feather is one of those. Men don't exist who can drift off the tallest hillside in the state and not be all broken and twisted. And he got up again. The girl turns tail and runs. Mr. Feather smiles and follows her. Something is flapping in his chest. She doesn't know him yet. Mr. Feather can always fall and never break. At her home, the girl's mother cooks dinner for the two of them, when Mr. Feather knocks on her door. He is, she thinks, so thin that when he gently tells her, Madam, my car broke down up the road. If you don't mind, I'm very hungry. I have a blood condition. He stops when she smiles a little, one over, embarrassed for his plight. Well, let me look in the fridge. I might have some fruit. Her girl, the black-haired one, stands in the hallway and stares at him. He looks at her, but feels a familiar gentle tug in his chest. There's a bird living there, and it just woke up. His vision goes a little faint-colored, and the girl's gaze passes through him. Actually, pardon me, madam. Just as she turns towards the refrigerator, it slips and he tumbles over the house's railing. Out, down, over the deck, and the, and the manicured suburban lawn. The grass hardly touches him. It slips a little further so that when he blows towards a chain-link fence and passes through it, now comes the inner pass. Three cars swerve out of his way. A motorcycle slows down as he whooshes past. Two car drivers talk when they pass by. Tumbleweeds don't grow around here, do they? Must be construction. He goes overhead and around and around. He falls to rest in a dish full of ivy and comes back slowly, wincing. Sighing, he gets up again, putting on his head. It wouldn't do to forget it. If Red is really there when he arrives, he doesn't know what he'll do. But these days, the memory of Miss Sweetie... Well, sweetheart, he called her, is enough to keep him going. Sugar and feathers were always a good combination, right? Light, lovable, and halfway intangible and breakable. Well, no, not that. For that reason alone, it could, ne it could have never worked. Mr. Feather feels for the feather in his hat, adjusts it, and keep walking. With any luck, he'll hitch a ride. Night falls on the highway, and he walks and walks, and the birds fly home around him. Mm -hmm. Ah! Soren has died! I have not died. Wait, what? <laughs> Dude, are you okay? I feel like you just like dissociate between every yeah. time when I'm talking. Okay. <laughs> the food hasn't kicked in yet. <laughs> All right. Next one is uh, Mr. Laugh, if you want to start on that one. So, so my name is Mr. Laugh. Like, ha ha, he he. So I'm in the middle of this, this big shopping center, right? Like with strip malls on all sides, ha ha. But that's not very funny, is it? A few kids were laughing at my weird face paint and the stripes on my clothes, but nothing, really nothing was very funny, and it wasn't very nice of them to laugh. It hurts my feelings a little, ha ha. It wasn't mean or anything, though. I even decided to show them a good trick. 
I said, would you like a hand to one of the kids? Yeah. And I put my hand out to shake his. But then when he grabbed my hand, it came off. And I said, there, now you got a spare one. Ha ha, funny, right? Only the kid just screamed and ran away, which I thought, you know, it was kind of mean. Because it was a good trick, you know? A little bit painful when it comes off, but good. I had to get out my little sewing kit and put my trick hand back on and <laughs> clean up all the blood. Because, you know, I am a very good citizen who would never leave a mess in the middle of the street like that. Then I remembered I was supposed to be going somewhere, somewhere important. I had to go down, down to the fair to meet the others. Ha ha, silly me for forgetting something like that. Silly, stupid, worthless clown. Ha 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 ha. So I started down the street towards the fair, and when these men in weird coats came in a screaming car and asked if I was hurt, they were not funny at all, and the screaming cars made my ears hurt, so one of them came close and decided to shake his hand with a buzzer. He looked very surprised when I shook my hand. He was so surprised his eyes popped right out of his sockets. I laughed very hard when that happened. It was less funny when they were dangling on bloody little cords and he started screaming, but that was okay because the other men took him away in their screaming car, so I did not have to look at them very long. I'm a very mean clown sometimes, hee <laughs> hee. A very bad stupid clown, haha. That is a funny joke, even if it hurts my feelings a little, hee <laughs> hee. I know it is funny because Mr. Red always laughed so hard when he said it, haha. Mr. Red was not very funny, but he sure laughed a lot. Maybe he should have been Mr. Laugh, haha. But that'd ever be a funny joke. If I ever meet Mr. Red again, I would have to tell him what a funny joke I had thought of. Maybe he would laugh. Sometimes he stopped hurting me for a little when I laughed. Picked up my big floppy shoes and walked on down to the fair. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. <laughs> these, these are like, hey, what if slapstick was real people? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Next one is uh, Mr. Purple. The pointy tip of my cane was quite thirsty, and the punk stating the end of it wasn't doing much as far as quenching went. Yet, steel tongue, slavering ruby filth ripped through from the wound of the tenant's skull with a delicate twist, flourish, and charm. The man shouting and whining, the contorted wobble of a recently mar marred mutt, chimed every now and again until his chest stopped moving. A steely fang leapt in again and again, perforating the vessel of the flesh, forcefully liberating the soul. Everything else from then on was spectacle. Little bits of flesh removing the need for anything as vulgar as a chalk outline, lazy strands of em emancipated veins like the roots or branches of an old willow, a porous face and own pupils entombed in perpetual disbelief. I found myself laughing like a macaque, Macaque? Massac? I'm not really sure how to pronounce that. With each recoil. Bearing teeth, my crooked, gnarled grin, and envied by piranha. When I was all said and mutilated, uh, I sat next to the corpse, sensing the cold glare and out of conscience, but discontent. I was still hungry, and I went to sate that nagging appetite before this convulsion was all said and done. The twitch came and went. Life came and went. I caught the man's blood vacating the throat, spluttering, stupid, and held back a titter. I was a hermit in a vague village full of vague people. I was old, broken, weathered, with a sour, sour sense of humor. On that trail, I looked through the windows of houses and saw seals with little gardens in them. I saw mossy wooden shacks with boards made from ancient but obscure trees, built by drifters an untellable amount of time ago. I would look at the changing weather, the shifting sky, the dark and the light, how the sun would rise and fall, and I would laugh. I thought it was funny. How did they, how did, how did they did such things in such a course, uh, with such punctuality? The blue sky, with a big gaping mouth minutes from savoring the world. In my dreams, I jumped into gray clouds and made a home. In this dream, my brain was hanging out at the top of a fractured skull by the wires, orbited by chickadees singing "Pop Goes the Weasel." A soft dream that made me waking feel, that made me wake feeling refreshed and happy, if only for a moment, before the thoughts of Mister Red returned from the miasma in my crippled psyche. I felt some solace in the silhouettes on walls, friend to an afterthought of a candle, and the shadows which would often grace my feet. This shadow would. Always stand silent and waiting for my next move. Ever faithful, only victim to changing light. I grafted the space between my pant leg and my flesh with the aid of mountain air and some novice oxidation. My eyes holes, my eye holes were bouncing back and forth, reaming. The clouds played a respectful homage uh, as they slowly wafted by. Soft grays and impossible purples. 
I pulled the cloth from the oil and went slightly, noticing the clouds were smiling at me and informing me that I should give up. Mr. Red appeared in my mind occasionally to inform me that I was in a great lie caught between a little truth. In my dreams, I was running from something unforeseeable, hobbling in wide circles around a large, a little grubby hovel with my tail clanking between my legs. Lightning striking the ground hundreds of miles away punctuated the time between the tips of my foot pads hitting the ground and the pivot of my heels manipulating soft orange dust. I thought that I had long since lost my oppressor's shadow underneath the pistons years years ago, but his intuition had never failed him. I was I'm always anxious. I stared that morning attentive, and my wits bade me take flight through the threshold of the cave where I was resting. Little faceless God knows what's hanging from veins along the walls made me bade me farewell. I etched lyre into a headstone, leading on a cliff I came across, although I'm not sure why. I set the crude visage of a headless peacock, which I had produced from my skull to perch at the top. There were a few wind chimes nearby hanging from petrified cacti. I pulled back a leather hatch leaning down into a hole nearby and rested my head on the organs inside. The pounding heat turned the, the few hairs below the horizon into the fabled river of death. Masses of pulsing, wriggling, gate-skinned maggots curdled and churned there. I made believe once that I had flown off into the rot, towards the black shores of fingernails. I would fly there, high, up towards the brain, and commit the full tilt of a nosedive deep into the bowels, trailing with Stygian blood, killing Mr. Red and myself. A better sweet daydream, even if things never went quite as expected. The sun was present that day, as was the rain. Friends they were to soft-glowing golden clouds. The dusk signaled me to put on my footpads. It was a night for a walk. I went down into the city so that something might find me there. I had not exercised in a long time, and I was starting to malfunction. I opened my mouth and fixed by sigh why night let loose. My usual incoherent jumble when I tried to vocalize. I didn't mind the tongues, and it didn't really matter when no one else was around. So I'd walk a mile or two down to the down to a dive, muttering this gibberish, muttering this alarm invention at what time I'd describe why why try, and tilt my hand over my cane as if performing for the dirt. No, I didn't need it to fly to the dirt. Not Mr. Purple. Mr. Purple was pretty, and he knew things. Occasionally I would stop and scowl into the trees. I knew they were out there. Mr. Red's shy and malefic shadows. After I had awoken from resting on the corpse, a, fail, a face paled to the dusk with a chime of a man's gravelly voice. I greeted a great deal of my oil when I realized who it was. Ooh. Whoa, Red, maybe? I don't know. Possibly. Possibly. I also noticed that a lot of these are written by different people. They are. Which the is, majority of them are. Yeah. Which is cool. I wonder if it was like a coordinated thing or if they went, Hey, they all want to go to this one place to do something to do with red. Go. Um, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Uh, next one is Mr. Brass for yeah. you. You're following in line with your traveling companion, your feet a few steps behind him. You surmised him as friendly in your thoughts when you first met him. Entertaining company was how you remembered it. He was a talker, a foil to your pragmatic silence. You had heard of great composers and musicians, but this man's knowledge eclipsed them all. You could not name a tune without a song he knew, even the few which you seemed to come up with on your own. But the strangest of all the features he had were those hands of his, and the sounds he made with them. The first day you met, he showed you his talent without delay. Simply placed his hands on an immaterial instrument before his lips and blew. An invisible instrument with neither color nor form, but made melodies all the same. Every time you talked, he had a new instrument, whether a tuba, trumpet, or trombone. When your friendship was young, you asked him of his nature, how he became a mister, in the same way you would ask many people. Told you he never knew. He merely awoke into the life one day. Those early memories were from a long time ago. It was only a few hours ago that you had found him again. In that time, you made him your friend once more. But already, his music is taking a different tone. It was darker than before. Dimmer. Did not escape your mind that he had realized the similarities. Certain things can be dyed or shaved, but others cannot. Still, you had changed so much since those early memories. How could he possibly... 
The other man's sight flashes about a forest path which would have taken him down. He has to turn back. He tell him it is only a bit further. Around a bend in the trees. Ha, there. The noise of a dart firing. The yelp let out by Mr. Brass. He turned to face him as he loses consciousness. He finally makes the realization. The slight color of red to your eyes. The last clue he needs. But it's too late for him. His body becomes limp in your arms. Breath. Breath. Breathe. Breathe. I think it. Breathe? Breathe. 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 Yeah. I looked it up. It's pronouncing breathe. It's a uh, musical note having a time value of two semi-breathes. Or whole notes. What? <laughs> Give me a moment. The coffee wiki? Coffee.fandom.com. Coffee breathe right. is an American version of a latte. Okay. Interesting. Breathe to same location. Right. Hold on. Oh, uh, next this. one is Miss Sweetie. Uh, which is it's interesting. It's a double whole note. I don't know what I don't know how that's relevant. <laughs> I I don't know, but it is apparently. Music word. Yes, he said it. It's funny. <laughs> next one is Miss Sweetie. So this is it, isn't it? Yes, that's right. I'm Miss Sweetie. The only miss in the first few batches of Miss like the one girl Smurf. You know, women make up more than half the world's population. You've got to admit that just one token female character is messed up. You've got questions? Well, yeah, so do I. Yeah, I don't really know where we come from here. Most of us don't. Our memories got confused, especially with the tweaking. Most of us had to have been tweaked from time to time. I suspect some of my brothers might have your answers, but I couldn't tell you which. Did I start off human? Did I have a life before becoming a little mister? Well, a little miss in my case. I don't know. I don't remember. Rather, I guess I should say I, I have a lot of memories. Many of them don't actually match with each other. I remember three different 15th birthdays, one of which was the quinceanera. I don't show up in any missing person database. I checked. Maybe this isn't my original face. Or my original body. In fact, at least in at least one of my sets of memories, I'm male. Sometimes I stay awake and wonder if that's who I really am. Some guy in his mid-twenties who got snatched off the street and reworked into some sick person's wet dream of a female. Incidentally, my chromosomes don't come up either XX or XY. Maybe all I am is a production error. I do know that the Wondertainment people have tried majorly tweaking my personality at least three times, probably more that they made me forget. Rebellious, one of them called me. Problem. Won't stick to the theme, they said. Not sweet or girly enough to be Miss Sweetie, which is a bit unfair if you ask me. Superpower. Huh. Yeah, I don't really think of them as superpowers. They're my nature, if you will. I'll admit my nature is a little creepy. Though it's not as bad as my first edition, where I was a person made up entirely of sweets and sugary confections rather than flesh and blood. I had health problems like you wouldn't believe. I could still feel pain and get sick, except every virus affected me in new and exciting and truly disgusting ways. After one accident where I vomited sugar, plum pudding for two weeks solid, the Wondertainment people scrapped that nature altogether. Made me flesh and blood, flesh and blood again. Now I'm basically just like a normal human, except that everyone who sees me loves me. Whether it's platonic, romantic, or more like the love you have for a pet, or the other definitions of love, that's up to the person, which hasn't always worked out so well for me. That isn't the only way I'm sweet. I've always had a compassionate streak for a mile wide. I'm a really caring person, more than I should be. It's uh, kind of embarrassing, actually. I remember that I used to get some flack for it, and I think I can trust the memory, because I don't think Wondertainment would implant a memory that contradicts my theme. Unless they're clever, then, you th- then I think, playing a bit, reverse, uh, playing a bit of re- reverse psychology on me. But I sincerely doubt they're that smart. You know, during one of their tweaks, they actually tried to make me stupid. What does that tell you, huh? I would have, I hadn't forget, I haven't forgiven them for that. If there's a single person behind a Dr. Wondertainment moniker, you can bet that person has a penis. I don't mind, mind the name Miss Sweetie as much as you might think, by the way. It's iconic. Kind of a lame icon as icon goes, but in my position, you take what you can get. Being the only woman on most Little Miss, Little Mister list makes for, for some interesting dynamics. Several of the other misters fell in love with me, or at least that they did while also acting like moody teenagers. 
like Mr. Mission and Mr. Storm and Mr. Feather, and at least half the others who weren't busy seeing me as their mommy. That would be bad enough by itself. Plus, I don't think I'm exactly interested in men at all. So when I say interesting, I actually meant really shitty. Did any of that sound harsh? I didn't mean to. I like them. I really do. I care about them, even. I like them all, even Mr. Stripes. All except... Uh, I still remember. Wondertainment tried to wipe my memory, but it wouldn't take. Not for this. I like to think it wouldn't help. It's not going to help to explain it either. No, it wasn't rape. I don't think even Stripes comprehends that idea. It just wouldn't help to explain what happened. You wouldn't understand it, anyways. Just remember this. He did it with adoration in his eyes. I have to find him. I need to get to him before Mr. Stripes or Mr. Matt or any of the others. Not all the others know the specific details. A couple of them know a little bit. Most of the others heard about it, of course. Word gets around. Now, apparently, a whole bunch of them are coming for Mr. Red. I didn't send them, but when you're the only woman in a room full of guys, the men are either objectify you, put you on a pedestal, or both. Which means that I may as well be Miss Damsel, Miss Damsel in Distress, and they're all Mr. White Knights. Maybe I should tell them I suspect I started off a man. But maybe they turn on me, too. I remember what Wondertainment did to Mr. Hot when they caught him kissing. No, I'm not going to think about that. I suppose I can't object too much. It wasn't just me that Mr. Red hurt. I'm not even sure I was the worst, just the most public. But I don't, wanna, I don't want them to find Mr. Red, because I'm not a damsel in distress, as much as Wondertainment has tried to make me that way. The others, they talk about avenging my memory, like I'm dead and gone, like some human. <laughs> I wish. But they're really just avenging the way I was before. Innocent, naive, stupid. Yeah, I'll never go back to way, the way I was before, but I'm still here. I don't need their efforts. I'm not just some victim. I've got plans, just not just the obvious. Sure, I've got the handgun in my pocket, and yeah, I'm gonna at least try to shoot him in the face. Sort of an obligation at this point. But that's just for starters. Being honest, I'm, I expect to go down for a while when the endgame starts. I know, Mr. Red. You can't beat him head-to-head -head like that. But it'll all unwind by the time it's over. You wouldn't believe the kind of resources and connections you can pile up when everyone thinks they love you. I wish I could be there when he finally gets taken. Or when he sees my face again in the containment cell for hopefully the last time. I always liked the Foundation, really. They're a worse way to spend the rest of your life. What was the name of that old poem from that collection they gave me when they were trying to make me properly feminine? Ah, yes. Vengeance is sweet. See? It even fits my theme. Interesting. Yeah. So, so something happened she, to Sweetie, Sweetie, but she's... interesting. Yeah, I, it's it's funny, too, because the way that everyone kept talking about it made it sound like she was dead. <laughs> so the fact yeah. that she was like, nah, I'm still here. I think it could be the situation in that they think that she's either dead or functionally dead. In mm -hmm. that, I think, Wondertainment or Red got to her and went, like, and they think, well, she's gone. Even if, like, she's back, then the one we knew got memory wiped or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mr. Fish. This is the guy whose head's just a fish, and I'm pretty sure that's literally all of it, his thing is. <laughs> no, literally, let me... Mr. Fish. CP. Sorry, I have to search the specific one. Let me find the... Yeah, this is... This is a... There's the picture. Oh my god. That's great. It's a dude in a suit with a top hat and just a fish head. No neck, just, just fish. fish. It's great. It's just a... Sometimes I like to sit in the water and just think. I like this place. It's peaceful. Wet. It's warm outside. Cloudy. I like the clouds. I have brothers and sisters, I think. We're not normal. We were made. Like an old monster movie. The magic of science. Lightning in a castle. Magic science. It's getting windy outside. Dr. Wondertainment made us and can remake us. But I wonder, when we die, are we changed? Was I changed? Am I the same person from back then, or was that one changed? Will I be brought back, or will I be lost? 
can I carry memories on? Are they just little knobs on a machine that you can switch on and off? I don't know that there's been more misters made since the first edition. Mr. Red's the only original one left. I don't think I should have said his name. I should hide somewhere. I'm scared sometimes. I'm scared of what's coming. I'm scared one of them will find me. I'm scared of red and stripes. They'll kill me. I don't want to die. I want to stay here in my swamp. It's raining now. I like the rain. But I still wonder. Am I an option or a miracle? What am I? I think I know who I am. I'm Mr. Fish. I'm me. I am content. Alright, so the next one is... The, yeah, that was like, the last... This, oh, it's the... Sorry, it's that tweet where it's like a wish... A, a wi- it might be a Tumblr post. A witch turns me into a frog, expecting me to be a punishment. I sit on a lily pad and watch the sunset. I'm the most content I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> That's Someone great. A comic of it, which is like, why don't you hate this? Also, I'm All trying right. to find an image. Ah, please. <laughs> why don't you hate this? Alright, so the... I'm trying so hard to find an image of Mr. Fish. Not of Mr. <laughs> Fish, but that represents me. So that, that, was, that was the last of the Misters, and we have the end in the epilogue. Um, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Okay. Unbothered, moisturized, happy, in my lane, focused, flourishing. Oh, look, that guy looks like he's living his best life. He's good so good. <laughs> Alright, uh, yeah, so I'm going to start reading End. It wasn't like I didn't feel guilty. Of course I felt guilty, but a man's got to do what a man's got to do to stay alive sometimes. And he's in a, even as I gazed at the tank containing Mr. Fish, the final capture of my assignment, all I could do was give him a sad look and walk away. What else could I have done for the poor guy without putting my own neck on the line? The part that really sickened me about myself was the ease with which I went through it. I've done a few things that people, can, people would consider extreme, but I've never betrayed anyone. I mean, they all came. All I had to do was set up some trap, maybe a firing squad with some tranks, and bam, they were all, con- they were all contained. Yeah, whatever. I'm sure they all hated me before anyways. Ever since what I did with Sweetie, everyone's been wanting me dead. Yet, it wasn't that difficult when I captured her this time. There she was, walking through the forest, a gun in her hand that seemed so out of place in such dainty little fingers. She was searching for me. I came up from my hiding spot and looked at her over. She was still as beautiful as she had ever been, and I couldn't help but feel a little flustered. Hello. Afternoon. And she began to pull the trigger. But no one is quicker than me. Even as, after, as her first shot whizzed by my head, she collapsed. I'm not sure why I risked myself like that. Maybe I just wanted to talk with her one more time. I leaned over and pulled out the dart from her neck, and I, then I just stood there for a moment, looking over her prone body. When I touched her, it still sent shivers down my spine. I even took out my knife and held it less than an inch from her skin, considering cutting her, cutting her again. But I didn't. I'm not rolling that way anymore. And I did need to drop some old habits. Was it really my fault in doing this? I didn't have a choice. I mean, I was discontinued, and then Stripes comes after me, me being on his list and all. My only way to live was to join the guys who would protect me no matter what the cost. They helped me get stripes, so I guess I owed them a favor after that. A favor big enough to keep me catching all the others, like the one that was behind me. I walked down the long hallway from the containment chamber to the office of my new boss. A true mastermind, if there ever was one, and was always dedicated to his cause. It was a really silly cause. Secure, contain, and protect. What kind of bullshit was that? I, op- he- I opened the door to his office. He's caught, boss, I said to the man behind the desk. Ah, good work, said the man. I, su- I suppose I'll be taking my leave now, and nodded to the man. Ah, not so fast. We can't just let you go like that. Can't say I was expecting that. Still, there were other ways out. I've done my job. I could give less of a shit about how they want much they want to stop me. I was getting out. Ah, yes, but you're an SCP object yourself. Boss, please. I placed a look of desperation on myself, just biding my time. Listen, you've done us good. You'll get your own furnishings and cells with the best service. The man walked over to me as he, as he spoke. Good. I placed my grip on my knife. 
Boss, I'm asking you from the bottom of my heart. I began to pull out my knife, ready to place it at his throat. I saw a flash of movement towards my thigh, followed by a sudden pain. I looked just down to see a needle sticking in it. Quick guy. Quicker than me. I hadn't thought anyone was quicker. I stumbled and collapsed against the doorway. The man watched me as I closed my eyes and drifted away. Sweet dreams, Mr. Red. And there's epilogue. You slowly awaken in a blank white room. You can't remember anything. Wait, that's not so. You know how to talk, how to walk, what things are, but some things, like how you got here, what this place is, who you are, swim beyond the grasp of your mind. Search for a name, but have nothing. You seem to be wearing comfortable clothing. Feels tailored. There's something stiff in the back pocket of your jeans. Ah, uh, sorry. A piece of paper with a list of names written on it. You read, Wow, you've just found yourself your very own little mister, a limited edition collector from Dr. Wondertainment. Befriend them all and become li Mr. Love. Number one, Mr. Clank. Number two, Mr. Headless. The list goes on, but you don't read it. Instead, you crumple it up and hold it tight. There's something soothing about having. You decide to turn your attention to your surroundings. Four white walls, one with the door. You go to it, and it swings open at your touch. A park with people walking and playing. The building behind you is just a shack. People holding things that... You realize who you are. Your name pounding through your head with more certainty than anything you've known before. Mr. Collector. You know what it is you do. You see the invisible strings from your hands to the toys and trinkets and baubles of these people and you grab them tight and pull. A hundred things that you know should be yours suddenly are as their former owners look about in confusion for what were their possession. Because this is who you are. You're Mr. Collector. Except, that's not right. You don't know anything like you know that. There's something wrong about that. You realize that, in a way that somehow feels more real, that you have another name. Oh, the people shouting at you demanding you return their items. You ignore them. Of course you're Mr. Collector. Only Mr. Collector could touch the invisible strings. But could you also be someone else? Name and name, it continues to elude you. Now there's a police car coming up, and the officer is coming. Cold black of his gun would nicely complement the sheen of the searing you hold. They reach out, and it rips through from its holster, and it's yours now. You love your collection more than anything. You have a thought. In your mind, you visualize a chord from you to whatever you were before. Or? Part of you that booms out that you are Mr. Collector doesn't like the notion. You pull, and there's nothing there. Nothing you recognize as a name. Just a cold string of letters and numbers, signifying nothing. The officer grabs you, spilling your precious collection to the ground. You scream in anguish, and inside your head clings to the only thing you had left. 05-4. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, so I think it's the 05 that was in charge of whatever was collecting the misters. Okay. When they got them all, it's like, oh, you're Mr. Collection. Bam. Uh, oh. And then he's the guy, and I'm guessing that they're implying that every time that happens, there's one more on the list, and it's a different become... Mr. Net something. Yeah. Interesting. That was cool. I enjoyed reading that. Yeah. That was interesting. I I, I feel like I don't know. I I I think I was expecting a little bit more, but that was uh, that, I still enjoyed that. It's you know it's a simple it's a chill thing. Uh, the yeah, thing I think Mister's is like I'm pretty sure there's like four different sets of tales of what Mister Collector is. Yeah, I think I think the only reason why I feel slightly unsatisfied unsatisfied is because I feel like a lot of that, a lot of all of those had a lot of stuff that was sort of up in the air, very like ambiguous and shit, and that's just kind of me like wanting to know <laughs> what the fuck happened. Yeah, and that's the issue is like I'm pre I would have to guess this is older because that's yeah. kind of the way that SCP used to operate a lot is that the um they would make things vague but not implying anything specific. Whereas, yeah. like, now, the anytime there's a vague note, it's, like, it's vague in a way that makes you start to think about, oh, what it could be, 
and mm-hmm. like make ideas and stuff. Whereas these, it's just kind of like vague. Less like, vague, vague as opposed it, it's to less. It's less like encouraging you to wonder what it is, and more like I wish I would know what that is. Yeah, you're like, oh well. <laughs> yeah, um, that's still pretty good though. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it's it's like a fun, chill thing. Nice. Like they, I see a couple names here that I recognize that are as like older names. I know the intervals and the epilogue uh, or in the end are written by the same people. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mister Lai, I recognize Doctor Gears. So some other people doing multiple. Yeah. Whatever. It's cool. It's That's just cool. a nice little chill tales from Mr. Collector. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, do you know what we're going to be doing for sure next time? No. Next episode? Okay. All right. Well, then uh, <laughs> we won't say anything specific. We'll just, you know, yeah. next I've time. Got s- I've got some ideas, but I don't know how they work. And even if I know a general idea, I have no idea what specifically we'd be doing. Yeah. All so. right. Cool. Uh, well, yeah. in that case, then, uh, that's the end of this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, reading along with us and listening. Uh, until the next one, we will see you then. Yeah. Bye. See ya.